0: Welcome to episode 107 of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we're playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on November 25th, 2018. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. That was a few days ago as a recording, so if you celebrated Thanksgiving, uh, I hope it was great. Uh, my name is Corey Motley. I am a staff writer at GameCritics.com. I'm also 50% of this show. Joining me as always is Brad Galloway. He is the editor at Game Critics. How are you, Brad? I am doing good. I am still working off the last of that
1: turkey. So a couple more days, I'll be back in fighting shape.
0: <laughs> Same for me, except for ham and not turkey. <laughs> Guess. All right, well, I guess we're both pretty slow digesters, but uh, I, I I porked out. Did you? Uh, I did. I was lucky too because like Patrick cooked pretty much everything, so I just like slept in and woke up and like that. I mean, we got like a ham that you just like put in the oven for a few hours or something, and so we had like ham and we had sweet potato casserole, mashed potatoes and gravy. He made a squash soup that I still have Ooh. not tried, but it's we have leftovers, so it's around and. Just like some rolls and um, he made like instead of pumpkin pie, he made like a pumpkin cobbler kind of thing, um, which is sort of like you just imagine like a layer of pumpkin pie in a pan. But instead of it being in a pie crust, like in a pie, the crust is kind of like on top of it. I mean, I guess that's basically what a cobbler is, but it's a nice alternative to a pumpkin pie. So, uh, yeah, he did all of that and I didn't have to do anything. So I am really lucky.
1: Well, that sounds wonderful. Um, I cooked. We had friends over. Um, and so we do a friends mess because my family sucks and I like my friends better than my family. So we had friend, friends giving, is what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, so we did that. Everybody brought some stuff, but we I actually cooked a lot. We made, um, we had turkey friend brought some pork, pork loin. We had stuffing and mashed potatoes. And uh, my wife made her famous caramel pumpkin pie. Ooh. It was really good because I was actually, me being the stay-at-home dad, I took over most of the cooking duties. And I got to say, this is the first time that I've ever actually really like, been fully in charge of a Thanksgiving meal. So that was a little bit nerve-wracking because I've helped out and I can cook no problem. But knowing that everybody was coming over and knowing I had such a big meal to plan, I was like, okay, this is a little bit intimidating. Um, but I bought a... Turkey breast, and I'm like, okay, what do you want to do, do with the whole turkey? Because it was too much, too much bird, right? We're not gonna eat that much, so I bought a breast, and the wife's like, well, what are you gonna do with it? And I'm like, I don't know, put it in the oven, <laughs> see what happens, right? And she's like, well, you know, throw a couple spices on. I'm like, yeah, of course, I'll do that, but you know, I, I don't know. She's like, you want to baste it? I'm like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, it's in there. <laughs> Who cares? Whatever happens, happens, right? Cook it. Came out delicious. It was so, <laughs> it was so good. I didn't do jack shit to it. I just put it in the oven, and that was it. So. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hopefully your Thanksgiving was as successful as ours. And uh, yes,
0: I am looking forward to being not full of turkey, though. Yes, uh, I would say me too. But again, no turkey here, just ham. Uh, But we're on a tiny bit of a time crunch today. So we should probably jump into games category. Uh, Brad, do you have any housekeeping notes or anything before we jump in?
1: No, no, just apologies to the listeners. I know that, um, you know, some of you might be upset that it's not our usual long show, but I had I had a last-minute thing pop up that I need to take care of in meatspace out in the real world, and so that means we are going to be doing a short show. So apologies for that. I'm sure we will be back to our normal, long-winded, overblown selves next week.
0: Oh, uh, God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. We just put out a four-hour Hitman show a few, like, a couple weeks ago, so I'm basically... Counting on that to hold our long shows over for like a while. So, yeah, that's that. um But I'm going to. <clears throat> the thing about my games this week is I'm mostly talking about stuff that Brad has played, whether it's a long time ago or just like a few weeks ago. And we'll maybe deep dive on some more stuff later. But I will selfishly take the first game slot. I want to talk you about. You can. You can. Mm-hmm. How dare you? I know. I know. Um, I just wanted to, because I have three and you have two. So maybe for the first time in some video game sister, I have one more game and Brad has one less game. Although the last game is technically mine, but we're both going to talk about it. Um, so I'll go first because it'll sandwich <laughs> them nicely together. Um, I want to talk about, so Brad and I were trying to figure out what games we're going to talk about this week. And because we both like, it was the holiday weekend. So we were both busy. We we're both doing a lot of stuff. And to be completely honest, I've been still have been playing Hitman like a motherfucker. Like I've been playing it so much. I've reached level 20 mastery on most of the levels, but not all the levels. And I will talk about Hitman later again. So if you're tired of me talking about Hitman, I'm sorry, but I've been playing it so much for review that I, uh, that I, it's basically like my, my main squeeze right now. But um, I was trying to think of what other games I had been playing cause I've been dabbling in a little bit of VR stuff. And I was playing this like walking sim on PC for a little bit, but I w- hadn't played anything enough to like really feel qualified to talk about it on the show. And the first game i want to talk about is i've been playing it on mobile but it is on switch it is on pc i don't know if it's on ps4 and xbox one i'm not sure um it's one that brad talked about several weeks ago it's called gora goa and to sum up very quickly what i think about this game after racking my brain to try to figure out what games i wanted to talk about this week on the show Last night, as I was walking into the kitchen, I was staring at my phone, and I, and after spending about three sessions with this game, I swiped over and saw... I have sort of like a screen on my iPhone that's dedicated to games, and I saw it in the corner and thought, oh yeah, I forgot I've been playing this game, and that sort of sums up my feelings about Gorogoa, although I spent... Three sessions with it. I kind of immediately forget I'm playing it as soon as I as uh, as soon as I finish. <laughs> but let me back up and I'll talk about, although Brad talked about it a while back, let me sum this up again. So Gorogo is a, it's basically a puzzle game. And I know I'm not Mr. Puzzle Game, but it's one of those games that like, I mean, it was on sale. So that was part of the reason why I bought it. It was on like an iTunes Black Friday kind of sale. So I got it for like two or three dollars on the app store. And I'm totally game for, you know, paying that much for a game. It's fine, even if I'm not expecting to like it. Um, But it's one of those games that, despite it being a puzzle game, it's a weird one where, like, everybody was talking about it whenever it came out. Everybody was, like, you know, I don't know, like, jerking themselves off, talking about how great this game is and how interesting it is and how it, like, is one of those puzzle games. It's hard, but as soon as you figure something out, it makes you feel so smart. And, oh, my gosh, I finally figured that out. And so um, the layout of the game, I'm playing it on iPhone, keep that in mind, but I'm pretty sure it's the same across platforms, is basically the game screen kind of looks like a window with four panels. Um, And sometimes all four panels are filled with things and it's like little kind of pictures. And sometimes just one panel is full, sometimes two, sometimes three. So it's, it's kind of varied and you can pull whatever artwork is in a panel. You can pull it around to any of the other three panels to kind of rearrange them but not, so it's kind of like one of those puzzles where you have to, like, rearrange things to make them line up to form one big picture, but it's only with four panels. However, to complicate things, not only can you drag the panels uh, among all the four slots, but you can also, like, pan and zoom in and out of certain panels themselves. So, for example, one of the panels will have, like, a picture of... It'll be, like, a Greek statue on a balcony. And there, if you click... There's like a building, like a castle kind of in the background with an open window. And if you tap on the open window, the panel will actually zoom into the open window. And like if you tap again, it'll go into the room that the window is open on. And it'll be like a guy sitting there at a desk studying or something. And then you can tap on like something on his desk and it'll zoom into the thing on the desk or something on the shelf and you can zoom into that. So it's like there's a lot of stuff going on here because you have to like manage all four of these frames and whatever pictures are going on in all the frames and sometimes you can overlap the pictures to make th- like two frames kind of come together as one and sometimes you can pull a frame that you think is only one thing away from itself and it like un-overlaps them if that makes sense it's kind of hard to explain um, but I don't it's the thing that I like it because it it's kind of an easygoing puzzle game, and if I, like, stop playing, I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm just like, okay, maybe I didn't quite click with it. And it does feel nice figuring out the puzzles, but what I don't like about it is that it, the game doesn't really kind of, like, tell you what to do. It's just kind of like, oh, here's, like, four panels. Now, all right, go figure it out. Like, it doesn't really give you a lot of direction, and it's one of those puzzle games. It kind of gives me... um, like thoughts of kind of old school adventure games where instead of actually like being smart and figuring out the puzzles, I basically just feel like I'm tapping on everything I possibly can in all the frames and hoping that they'll line up in some way to like unlock the next puzzle or unlock the next sequence or, you know, whatever comes next. So it doesn't really make me feel that smart in that regard, but it's more just like me being sort of experimental and impatient and not necessarily being like, like really like, oh, I really want to think this through and like think about how these panels line up and try to figure out, you know, what looks like in this panel what did this ribbon in the corner does it look like it'll line up with the uh, another panel's ribbon if I like zoom in and out enough or something like that so it's just kind of one of those like I don't know it's just one of those like puzzle games that you can tell was maybe developed by someone really pretentious but I mean despite that it seems to be getting a lot of fanfare in the gaming community I'm not sure if it's like something that I'll keep playing or something that's really out my alley it's kind of a fun like I'm about to go to bed and I want to play it for 15 minutes and maybe solve like one piece of one puzzle and then go to bed kind of thing. But it's nothing that I'm like yearning to come back to, if you couldn't tell by the fact that I basically forget it every time I put it down. Um, Brad, I know you played this a while back and talked about it on the show. So is there anything that I left out or do you have any input about anything I've said so far?
1: No, I think I, I think you described it pretty fairly. It's a tough game to describe, uh, but I think that the the gist of it and the heart of it for me is something that you said. In that, it has the adventure game quality of I'm tapping every single thing because I really don't know what's going on and I don't have any clues, and hopefully something will happen. And it's 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 a shame because uh, this was made by one guy. This was like a labor of love over like the course of like several years, and I mean he clearly had something to say, although. In my particular case, I didn't understand the story at all. I was not able to follow it. I mean, I got little bits of something here and there, but I literally couldn't tell you what it was about. It's about a boy who's, like, studying a book, but there's also, like, a monster, but then there's also stars. And, I mean, I I seriously couldn't tell you what it's about. So I think it's kind of a failure in a storytelling perspective. Um, but, like, the artwork is great. Like, it's beautiful to look at. It's very storybook-like. And when you overlap certain pictures... Um, Like animation will happen and you'll see like, oh, this piece that didn't look like anything overlapped with this other piece. And now that these two pieces are together, it makes a different shape. And then that shape came to life and it solved the puzzle. Like when you get that to happen, it's amazing. Like it looks so cool and it's a neat effect. But like everything up until that point is tedium and frustrating. (laughs) And you're just clicking and clicking and clicking. And I mean, like you said, there's a lot to manage between the four panels and each panel having multiple layers. It, and nothing really being very clear it, you're just like randomly moving things around and moving things around and maybe something will click maybe it won't i just found it to be really exhausting and boring and not very engaging and i love the moments when it worked which is why i was telling people um if you are interested in this game go find a let's play like a single smooth edited let's play on on youtube and if you watch it from start to finish with somebody solving all the puzzles intentionally and without fucking around it is a beautiful thing to watch like it's it's like the coolest animated movie i recommend watching it that way but actually playing it left me really cold and i did not like it and it's totally critic bait where like the story is murky the puzzles are obscure but it's got a lot of artistic quality to it and so like every games critic was like like you said jerking themselves off over it for like two weeks straight and it was like i just i can't even with this game so
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that more or less sums up my thoughts as well. I'll probably, um, can, like I said, continue to play it a tiny bit, just kind of like before bed or maybe if I'm like bored on the couch or something. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's not like it's just one of those puzzle games that like a lot of people get and I don't necessarily get it. So it doesn't feel that groundbreaking to me. But um, I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said about it because it is whenever you do solve something, the animation of like the frames coming together and sort of like displaying this animated thing um it does look really beautiful and the art style is really gorgeous but i just kind of wish i knew more of like what was going on in the game rather than just like shifting around these panels and like kind of ferociously tapping in and out of them and overlapping them and unoverlapping them to try to figure out if i can make things line up or you know to solve the puzzles but um yeah i don't really have anything super more to say so we can move on if you want to
1: um really quickly before we move on i do kind of want to throw out did you ever play
0: framed which is on uh, ios it's also on switch that's like the, the like the silhouette puzzle comic book game right it is kind of like that
1: yeah and it has a very similar the reason i bring it up is because it's very similar to gorgoa and that there are the screen is divided up into four pictures and so in framed you are trying to move the pictures around it's usually about like a it's like a heist story or like thief story where you're trying to escape with some goods or something like that. And so like your character will start off in one corner and you can see one of the pictures has an exit door, but when the animation plays, the person is not able to reach that door. And so you need to rearrange the panels in order to make them all line up and make sense. And so your character can get through the panels and get to the exit door. Um, so kind of a similar mechanic as Gorogoa, but there's not as much to manage. Like there's not multiple layers to each picture. And usually the amount of pictures you have is, is pretty manageable. And you can usually tell just looking at it very quickly, kind of what your goal is. And so it's a little bit more uh, approachable, a little easier to understand, less cryptic. Um, it's not as beautiful. I mean, I think uh, Gorigo has a great art style, but uh, if you want something similar, like moving panels around and, and doing that kind of thing, I think it's worth playing. I played the first framed. I thought it was cool and I liked it and it kind of ended before it ran out of tricks, which was smart. Uh, and on Switch, they sell it as a bundle with Framed and Frame 2. I played Frame 2, which was like more of the same, but more, and I was like, oh yeah, this is too much, and so I stopped. <laughs> uh, but I would definitely recommend the first Framed. I thought it was very cool and neat and fun, and if you like Gorogoa, I'm guessing that you will probably find a lot to like in Framed as well, and I think it's easier and more logical and more approachable. So Framed is a thing that exists in the same very limited genre of uh, I don't know, uh, picture moving games, I guess. Or <laughs> I don't know if that's even it's a genre of two games, but there you go. There's the other game of the genre. You can check it
0: out. All right. I actually have played Framed. I played it years ago on iPhone and I do think it was good, but I got stuck in it at a certain point and didn't feel invested enough to like look up a solution online or anything. So I just stopped playing it, but pretty sure I could download it again and try it again. If I felt like uh, diving back into, I don't know, see if I'm any smarter, now than I was then although I'm probably not at all
1: well that perfectly describes how I felt about Goragoa. got stuck bailed wasn't invested and that was a good story for me (laughs) so (laughs) that seems to be a problem in this genre anyway moving on really quickly uh I am going to be talking about Space Hulk Tactics this is a wonderful game to talk about because if we had recorded even one day earlier my take on this game would have been very different than it is today (laughs) This is uh, a Games Workshop game, Games Workshop being the people who are behind all the Warhammer and Warhammer 40k stuff, which is like, you know, if you go into any game shop that has miniatures, you see Warhammer stuff all over the fucking place, wall to wall, all those miniatures, dwarves and dragons. But this is the future stuff, the 40k stuff. So it's dwarves and battle armor and dragons with lasers. And so kind of an interesting thing that they do. Very, very popular tabletop. I don't know anything about the tabletop game. I've never played it. I know it's a thing, I know it's huge, but I don't have any experience with it personally. Um, Seems to be a real big thing in England, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it seems to be bigger in England than it is in the States. Uh, That's just my general impression. I could be 100% wrong. But what I do know is that Games Workshop wants to put out video games using their IP, and they are 100% not scrupulous about who makes a game for them. They will let any jackass with a development kit make a game for them, (laughs) and their track record in video games is 10 terrible now they don't make games themselves but they will license to anybody and I think that most people will agree that most of the games workshop Warhammer games are fucking trash so one of the only examples to that was I think Blood Bowl 2 which is kind of like a mix between turn-based combat and football which I thought was fantastic I thought that that video game adaptation was great low budget but it was great and I thought that Space Hulk Tactics was going to be the second big win for them And if you had asked me yesterday, I would have said that it was. But now that I am not in yesterday and now that I'm living in today, that is not at all what I'm about to say. So you play a group of space marines who are in this like high tech bulky armor. I don't even know how their bodies even fit in this armor because it seems like totally disproportionate. I mean, maybe they're just heads stuck in armor or I don't know what the deal is, but like there's no way a body fits in that thing. But anyway, you guys are super rough and tough. Uh, space Marines. You're inside a space Hulk, which is apparently a bunch of derelict spaceships mushed together to make one giant wad of metal floating through space, and it's full of fucking aliens, as as space hulks are. So you go inside this thing. Your goal is to just fuck up the aliens, get to the end of the uh, whatever whatever the story is about. I don't know. Sorry about something. Go in here and kill some dudes. But. Um, so it's turn-based, very similar to like something like XCOM where you have a squad, you deploy them in places on the map, you, you know, you take your turns, they have a certain amount of movement points, uh, and you can either, you know, move four spaces and then attack or you can move two spaces then attack or you can attack and you know, like you just kind of divide up your 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 abilities however you want, but you have a limit of like four actions per turn. So it keeps it strategic and inside the Space Hulk, it's a lot of hallways and narrow passageways because I guess that's what a spaceship in the future is like. That's totally fine. And at the beginning, it seemed really cool. Um, the tutorials were not great, but I picked up on it, you know, in, a, in, a sh- in short order, being a, a, g- a veteran of the tactic genre. So I, I, I knew most of the basics. I could follow along the no problem. I got the groove pretty quickly. And deploying dudes is pretty fun. Um, there's a couple new spins on the formula where you have these extra cards uh, that you can either... Cash in for extra movement points, or they give you like a little um, special boost, like you know your next shot will guaranteed hit, or your next melee will guaranteed win, or something like that. So it was kind of like a little like balancing of using the cards plus doing the the turn-based tactics. Seemed pretty fine. Seemed pretty fine. I was I was into it. Not the greatest thing I've ever played, but solid. Like enjoyably solid. And I was like, oh, I can see myself you know finishing this one. This seems pretty good. But People on Twitter told me that Space Hulk is a notoriously difficult game, like like unfairly so. And I found that to be true, because once I got past level one, which I sailed through, by the way, I don't think I even lost a single guy. I won every battle. I almost thought it was too easy. Ha <laughs> <Lulz. laughs> ha, And then uh, you get to stage two. I had started losing guys, but no problem. I could still manage. I had to redo one level. Not a problem. Got through it. It's all good. I was still kind of considering myself in the learning space. And figuring things out. And then I got a pretty good handle on it. You start getting a couple more options. I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Like I kind of dig this. This is nice. Hit level three. And then it's like, oh, dude, were you liking this game? Yeah, fuck you and everything about you because we're gonna <laughs> fucking kill you. And I just got so frustrated. So here's what happens. Um XCOM is famous for people missing shots that otherwise should hit. Like, have you ever played XCOM, Corey?
0: I haven't, but I've seen about a hundred memes about like, 99 oh, percent hit chance or whatever, and then you miss as soon as you fire your gun. Yes,
1: so you, so you haven't played XCOM, and even you know what this is about. So the <laughs> XCOM is famous for that, right? This game, this game <laughs> leaves XCOM so far in the dust when it comes to missing shots that should hit. I don't even know how this game got out of fucking uh, out of Dev because here is what happens: these guys, so the guys that you're fighting, the aliens, the aliens guys, they're called gene stealers and they are melee. Um, they're strong at melee. They've got like four arms, sharp claws. And if they get close to you and they melee you, you're not going to win that. So like, it's like a one hit kill, but space Marines are supposed to be really good at distance because they got rifles and you're supposed to be awesome soldiers. Okay. Totally fucking doesn't happen. Um, what's going on is like, I'll get to this level, shoot guys from down the hallway. I'll take like four shots in a row and like, they will all miss. And it's like, okay, so I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I can't hit these guys from a distance. So I, occasionally I'll kill one, but like almost never. You almost never hit. Really frustrating. And so you get to a point of where I started playing more defensively, and these guys have Overwatch. Are you familiar with what Overwatch is in Tactics, Corey? No. So Overwatch is a, is a thing where if you have a certain amount of points, you take one of your characters, you put them in a place where they've got a pretty good view of the battlefield, and then you put them in Overwatch. And Overwatch is if anything moves and I see it, I will immediately shoot it. So like, if you can't see anybody, but you want to be defensive, you put your guys in overwatch. And if enemies start walking through that territory, they'll get their asses shot off because they are crossing through a place that you are actively defending. So that's what overwatch is. And, uh, so I start putting my guys on overwatch and they keep missing. And I'm like, okay, this is bullshit. I can't shoot them. And I can't overwatch them. I don't even know what's going on. This is getting really frustrating. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be super defensive. Like, I'm going to put on all my tactics hats. I'm going to play slow. I'm going to be as cautious as possible. And so what happened was I got to this point. This, this is my, my, my quit point in the game, by the way. I'm inside a room, a small room. I have three space marines inside. One is on the north wall. One is on the east wall. One is on the south wall. The only door is in the West. I have three fucking guys <laughs> all focused in Overwatch looking at the only door in the room, okay? So picture that in your mind. Three three guys covering one door. One of the fucking aliens comes in. Each guy takes two shots. They all miss. The alien leaves unscratched. He comes back in, literally leaves the room and immediately comes back in, All three guys take another two shots. All six shots miss again. That's 12 shots in a row from three (laughs) separate guys who are all focused on the same fucking door. All of them miss. The alien gets through that, does not take a scratch, walks right up to one of my guys, the guy in the south wall, kills him, one hit. The next alien comes in behind that alien. The two remaining soldiers each take two shots. All four shots miss. That guy walks up to my second soldier, Kills him, and I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to play this game if I'm setting up a kill box for these motherfuckers and they walk through it like nothing? I'm like, I lost my shit, dude. I, I was screaming. I think I was like, I was spitting. I was bleeding at one point. I was just angry. I was like, fuck this game. Fuck everything about this game. This is, this is unplayable garbage. Like, I'm good at tactics games. It's one of my favorite genres. I'm very experienced at this, and to have a situation like that happen where you can have like oh God, it's like 6 12 uh, like 18 shots in a row miss on a guy who's in like point blank range. forget it. fucking forget it. So I stopped I immediately stopped playing, turned the whole thing off, went to bed angry. I had bad dreams that night which sucked and I got up and I don't feel rested and I'm just fucking pissed that like <laughs> this game started off so good. I loved the first level. I thought it was great. Second level still good. And if you had asked me yesterday what I thought about this game, I would say, oh, this is a great game. I think it's a sleeper. It's really cool. I recommend it. And level three is when it all fucking went to shit. And I fucking hate this game now. And I don't recommend it to anybody that the developers could pull shit like that. And like the percentages are so low and it's so impossible to hit guys on this thing. I don't know how you're supposed to ever fucking play this game. Fuck this game. This game is garbage. The developers should be ashamed and I'm fucking angry and frustrated (laughs) and i'm not playing this game anymore so fuck space Hulk tactics it's garbage
0: this game sounds like absolute trash
1: it is fucking trash and it sucks too because like other people on twitter were telling me like there's a lot of warhammer fans out there and they all want these games to be good and these games are not good so like the ip holder games workshop they should really fucking start getting some standards because they're getting this reputation of having really cool tabletop games and really fucking shit garbage video games. And it's like, why are you trashing your own IP like that? You guys seem like just the cheapest IP whores that you're going to sell your games to anybody who'll make them. And this is a perfect example. This this was almost a very cool game. If they had fixed the percentages and just tweaked it a little bit more, this would be like a totally recommendable, super solid tactics game. And instead, it's a frustrating piece of shit that I don't recommend to anybody. (laughs) And why did you waste the time? Why did you waste the effort? All it's doing is tarnishing your brand. I don't get it. I don't get why they're so loose with their IP, but this game is a travesty i don't recommend it i'm really frustrated because i liked it and then it turned out to be terrible and honestly i feel like i wasted my time with it i wish i would have played something else because you know i don't play a lot of games during the week limited time and uh you know I, i burned like six hours on this and i want my six hours back so yeah fuck this game
0: uh well that was um space hulk tactics which is uh Another one. I feel like you you haven't been on your roll recently of bringing silly named games to the show, but this definitely is one in that category. Um, <laughs> uh, shall we move on? Let's let's move on. I never want to talk about this game again. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, next up, um, to no one's surprise at all, ever in the history of the world, I want to talk about Hitman Two again. So. If you're keeping tabs, not only did we do a four-hour show completely about Hitman, but I talked about it last week. And guess what? I'm going to talk about it this week again, motherfuckers, because something, (laughs) despite us talking so much about Hitman, there is one piece of the game that I still have not brought to the show, and I experimented with with it the other night. So I just want to talk briefly about um, what they call ghost mode in Hitman. So somehow, uh, I haven't talked about this at all, but this is basically like, the closest thing that Hitman has had to competitive multiplayer ever, which might sound weird, but it's not like PvP Agent 47s in Miami shooting each other. It's not that at all. It's, um, let me explain what this is. So it's called Ghost Mode, and it's on Hitman 2 right now. The, the little tile that it's on says Beta, so I don't know if it's going to be, like, better in the future. I'm sure there's going to be, like, more um, levels or something for it right now. But I think the only level you can play it in is the Miami race car map. Um, And what it is, is you go into the game, um, you have to wait to be paired with one other player. It's basically one-on-one. And once you're paired, which to be completely honest can take a few minutes, um, you both spawn, you select the outfit you want to wear. And by outfit, I mean one of like Agent 47's four suits. You don't get to select like a cool disguise or anything or a spawn point. Um, It just spawns you both in the same spot in Miami. However you're kind of in parallel game universes. So if you spawn and then you decide you want to shoot everybody in your immediate vicinity and, like, throw a bomb and blow everything up, that does not affect the other person's universe. They're in the same level with the same targets, but the stuff that you do does not affect them. And you can see their little ghost on the screen, kind of like whenever you're playing a racing game and you can see, like, the ghost car from your last run. Like, it's kind of like that. Um, But it gives you targets that you have to take out, and they are basically just kind of randomized on the map, but I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you and your partner or your competitor have the same targets in a row to take out, and the objective is to get to the target, take him out. I think the target's always, like, the same. They're wearing this kind of, like, white suit with a white cowboy hat, if I'm not mistaken, again, um, so it's kind of easy to pick them out of a crowd. You have to get to the target, and you have to take out the target and either... Um, I mean, you can kill him in any way, but it has to be undetected. And if you kill the target, there is a 10 second window where it has to remain undetected. So you can't just like shoot him in the middle of a crowd because people will immediately see that and it won't go over well. And if you make whoever makes five undetected kills first wins the round. And there are kind of like loot boxes almost. Um, I can't remember what they're called, like ghost containers or something around the environment. And they all contain, I think two items in them a piece or maybe three. And you have to choose which one you want. You can't get all three. So you have to be very tactical about how you want to do it. Like you, um, you can run to ghost boxes and try to get, disguises or guns or whatever because I don't think you start with any um, with any equipment so you have to go to the boxes if you want to get like cool equipment or you can procure like stuff on site like if you find if you kill a guard and he has a gun you can take the gun or something like that or you can take the people's disguises too Um, but I think you and your partner both have access to the same ghost boxes with the same equipment and I think you can because you're in parallel universes you can take the same equipment out of each box if you want um, but the objective is basically to get to five kills, five undetected kills first, and you both have to kill the same people. So whenever I played it the other night, um, I mean, obviously I won five to zero because I'm amazing, but um, I, did, I didn't i did understand what was going on for a while and I was killing guys. And I thought that the objective was to get to five kills first no matter what. But if you kill someone and their body is detected or if you kill them in like broad daylight in a crowd of people, it doesn't count toward your goal. It took me a little while to figure that out because I am dumb, but um it's about five undetected kills and um and you can die and you just respawn in the level i don't know if it's a random respawn point or if it's always starts at the same spot but that's kind of cool so if you die you're not out of the game you basically respawn and can keep going and and all the doors that are in the game are unlocked so you don't have to worry about having a lock pick or picking doors or anything like that so the game makes some nice concessions Um, for you to be able to get around a lot more easily and as a matter of fact i think there's no i don't think you trespass either if i'm i I keep saying if i'm not mistaken because i've only played it one time and i can't remember everything exactly but i don't think you trespass either i think you're pretty much free to run around the entire map the big stipulation being that you have to do unnoticed kills you can't um you can't murder the guy and then have someone discover his body within that within the 10 seconds And this might not sound super great, but I actually thought it was a lot of fun. And I mean, part of the reason why I thought it was fun is probably because I won the match that I was playing. If I had lost, (laughs) I probably would not have been so pleased about it. Um, And I kept worrying, like whenever I got like my first point, I was like, oh, man, this is probably going to be like really competitive. And then I got my second point and I was like, "Okay, like he can still catch up. Like there's still plenty of time for me to fuck this up. And then I got my third point and I was like, "Okay." all right, like maybe I'm in the clear, but he's probably going to like come up out of nowhere and get like three points and three kills and, and I'll be toast. But I basically was able to get up to five kills without him getting any. So I don't know. I think, I mean, obviously I had the game like a week longer than everybody else. So that was kind of like a little bit of a leg up in my experience with the game itself. Um, but it's nice because it takes like, if you really spend the time mastering the levels in Hitman, and for like the Miami one in particular, because I think that's the only level available for this probably why it's in the beta. Um, like I've reached level 20 mastery in Miami and that level 20 mastery does not affect ghost mode. Like I don't get to like use the weapons or gear that I unlocked or anything because it's a completely separate mode. However, I know the lay of the land pretty well because I have played it so much. I've spent hours playing the Miami level. So I know, you know, the trophy area you can get right into Kronstadt Industries from that. I know that the parking garage tunnels are the best way to get, you know, from the east and west side of the, the venue and all that stuff. So I feel like that gives me a pretty good leg up on the competition. But I I also know that there's people out there who've probably had the game for three days that are better at it than I am already because that's just how people work. Um, But I think this is cool and I hope that they continue to expand upon it. And uh, Brad, I know I DM'd you the other night and told you that I think we should try it because you can do quick matchmaking or you can do invite plays. And I think it would be fun to try to, I mean, even if it's not, I think it would be fun to try it against you. But if you don't have time, I understand. But I think it would be funny to try like just kind of like a one-on-one, like, who can kill these five people first, because I know that I tend to be much more of a planner and a recon guy, and so this mode kind of goes against that a little bit for me. You have to be very much in the moment and really, like, take advantage of what's going on in any given situation and be really alert and really flexible, and I feel like that's more of your forte whenever you're playing, because... You were kind of, um, you know, kind of flying by the seat of your pants whenever you play Hitman. Um, So I feel like maybe that would give you a little bit of a leg up on this. Uh, I'm not sure who would win between the two of us if we went head to head, but I think it's a fun game mode, and I hope that they continue to add uh, the additional levels to it. I'm sure that's the plan because it's in beta right now, but I think it's pretty neat, and I like. Having that experience from playing the single player level so much kind of giving me a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a payoff in a multiplayer mode. And it's just kind of it kind of reminds me of whenever Assassin's Creed did that one multiplayer mode where like everybody kind of looked the same in the arena. But one of them was like the person you had to kill and you were all kind of like trying to figure out this killer together. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit because it's like a totally different take on kind of a PvP multiplayer um, but i think it's cool and i think it's creative and i support it and i'm definitely going to be playing it some more
1: you inviting me to play this game with you reminds me of like when you watch a movie and like a guy walks into a pool hall and like there's like some like you know noob from the sticks or something who's like well, i'd like to play pool i got some money and then like he loses the first match like hardcore and then he's like let's double down and then he, like, runs the table and doesn't miss a ball because he's, like, actually a pool shark in disguise. <laughs> I think you're setting me up for this. You're like, yeah, like we should play, and you're a running gun guy. Yeah, you've, you've got, like, the whole map memorized, and you've already done it one. Yeah, no thanks, dude. Whatever. You just I feel want like... a stone-cold victory Whatever. over my ass. <laughs> I feel like
0: you would be the pool shark in disguise because I'm, like, the recon planning dude, and you're, like, the off-the-cuff kind of guy. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, I totally have this. I totally know the layout of all these levels. And then you would come in having played the level like two times and just like murder all the dudes in complete stealth and i would oh, be like up in the corner trying to plan some shit and you'd just be like running circles around me i don't know if that's how <laughs> that would play out i'm not
1: convinced i think i may be setting myself up for fall yeah we'll have to make some time give it a shot uh yeah we will we'll see what happens that does sound like an interesting mode though um yeah okay cool I will have to check it out. I keep meaning to come back to Hitman, but I was trying to get through uh, Space Hulk for review, and I had to finish another review game, so I kind of got tied up, but I want to get back and try that. I want to try the um, the kill, the limited target mission. Is that still a thing? Is that over?
0: Oh, yeah, it's still a thing. Um, the elusive target, which to talk briefly, I know we're on a time crunch, but um, elusive targets in Hitman are basically specialty timed targets that IO interactive releases, sometimes they last for a day, sometimes they last for like a week or two. The first one for Hitman 2, which has been much publicized, is Sean Bean, um, actor, maybe legendary actor who plays people who often die in films. That's kind of like his shtick, which is the reason why he's in the game. It's kind of a funny, they call him the undying in the game. But it's basically a one shot at a mission where you have to get in and kill him. And if you die, you don't get to try it again. It's over, it's done with, you have one shot. However, you can restart the level as many times as you want up until you kill the target or you die. Once you kill the target, you cannot reload and you have to make a flawless escape. Or um, if you die, it's over with. So it's kind of a fun, like, it's kind of like a final exam for everything you've learned in Hitman up until this point. And the one, the Sean Bean one that's going on right now, I think it's still active for like another week, I want to say. So even if you're listening to the show, It's probably still up to play right now, so get on it. They're a lot of fun to try, and you unlock, I think, disguises or weapons or something if you beat them. I have mixed
1: feelings about this content being on a limited-time basis because I just, you know, I can't get around to it, or I got other things, or I'm tired, or, you know, whatever. (laughs) I missed all of those because I didn't get to Hitman um, fast enough, Hitman 2016 fast enough. So I'm going to try to get to it, but I just, I kind of don't like the limited-time nature of a thing. I know they're trying to keep it alive, trying to keep the game going fresh content and all that, which is cool. Um, I just wish I could get to it at my own... You know, still give me one shot at it. I mean, don't give me like extra chances or anything, but let me get to it when I get to it. I would prefer that, but whatever, whatever. If I get to it, I do. If I don't, I don't. Whatever. Um, Let's move on really quickly. (coughs) Excuse me. Got about 15 minutes left. I don't have a lot to say about my next game. It's called Toki. T-O-K-I. This is an arcade game from a million years ago. And I remember it very, very well because I liked the art style. You play a a, a prehistoric man, a human, whose girlfriend gets taken away by an evil wizard, which I guess I'm not really clear how there's already a wizard in prehistoric times (laughs) because everybody's caveman, but I guess don't think about it too much. The wizard takes your smoking hot blonde girlfriend because that's what everybody did in games back then. And he turns you into a primate of some sort some kind of fantasy monkey gorilla sort of a thing with this enormous head and he spits energy balls and i don't know why it never made sense to me you would think he would throw rocks or bananas or punch or something but no he spits energy balls and you kind of go through these like vaguely prehistoric platformy levels with every animal in the world out for your ass trying to kill you because i don't know why but that's what games (laughs) do so like A bird will fly by and try to peck on the head. A turtle will walk by and spikes come out of its shell. Other nasty monkeys come and try to kill you. And you're just kind of just, you know, platforming. All you can do is spit and jump. And that's it. Uh, So that's pretty basic. I liked it a lot back in the day, but I was never good at it. And it always really frustrated me because I felt like it was a little bit too hard. And so I spent a lot of money on it. Never got past uh, level two, I think. And it just stuck in my brain as one of those games that always just kind of just bug me. You know, like I always kind of resented that I'd never finished it or that I didn't get that I wasn't better at it and so when I heard that this game was coming out for switch I'm like oh yes yes let's rematch bitch let's get this on we're gonna do this (laughs) um it's slightly unsatisfying because they have completely redone the graphics and I kind of don't like the way they look now I kind of like the old school uh pixely kind of chunky look to it I thought it was pretty cool uh for an arcade game what they've done is they've redone all the graphics by hand it looks like an animated cartoon it's not like perfectly smooth but it's pretty smooth and it's um very you know it looks like like if you took a screenshot of it you would think somebody had had drawn that with a a pen and paper or something so it looks cool but it doesn't keep that same old school arcade flavor which i kind of bummed out about i kind of wish there was a toggle that you could just turn on the original graphics because i would turn them back on because i like it old school but anyway Going back and playing this game, I'm like, this game's trash. Like, this game sucks. <laughs> like, uh, it's just not good. You know, when you're a kid in the arcades, it's hard to tell. But now that I'm playing it on, on the Switch, I'm like, yeah, this sucks. Like, I wouldn't really want to play this, like, ever. Like, it's one-hit kills, and there's, like, a bunch of enemies moving around wildly in the environment, so it's hard to dodge. You don't have a lot of offensive options. You don't have a lot of defensive options. Uh, you're basically just walking left to right, you know, hopping on some platforms, shooting some things with your spit. And you get, um, you get a a football helmet at times that quote unquote protects you, but you still die if people hit you. So I'm not really sure what the football helmet is supposed to do. And I'm just like, eh, okay. It doesn't look like the old school game. It's not fun to play. Uh, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm grateful for the chance to go back and revisit it. And it was something that genuinely really stuck with me all these years. But now that I'm playing it, I'm like, this sucks. So that's, that's it, man. I, I don't have a lot else to say about it. It's just a really crappy arcade game that is now on the switch. This it's sounds, not, I mean, it's, it's not even
0: reporting, honestly. I don't know why they did it. Oh, man. It sounds to me like, I mean, the obvious sort of go to connection here kind of sounds like Donkey Kong Country or like, a, not Donkey Kong Country, but like the original, like Donkey Kong, where you play as Mario and he's like climbing up the ladders, like going left and right on the platforms. Like that's, it's, it might not be that, but that's just what it sounds like to me, like an old arcadey experience, but you're playing as a monkey.
1: I think you're closer with Donkey Kong Country in the first one. It's
0: it's closer to that, but
1: you're kind of on the right track, like blending those two things. But if it was like, I mean, I hate Donkey Kong Country. That game fucking sucks, but (laughs) this Toki also sucks. It's just left to right and just basic action and you die like a lot. And there's actually even credits, too. You can't even just like brute force your way by continuing, continuing. You get like, I think, nine lives on easy mode and I think you have nine credits but you die so fast and like anything touching you kills you like it almost seems like not enough. I wish there was a, an infinite mode and I would just just play it out of spite and just go all the way through it. But I don't know that I'm even going to finish it because I mean, one hit kills in a platformer like this is really frustrating. So I don't know that I need that kind of annoyance in my life right now. So, yeah, that's Toki. It's it's a thing. Uh, there you go. It's on Switch. It's a platformer you can play. Yeah, That's it.
0: You are on a roll for recommending excellent games that everybody needs to oh. try this week
1: it is a bad week for me my friend it is a bad <laughs> bad week uh let's move on real quickly we've got 10 minutes exactly um do you want to lead the charge
0: uh i will on this one so i don't know if we've talked about it on the show extensively but this is going to be sort of like a preview to be continued for hopefully a discussion we'll have next week so this will just i don't know, like wet your appetite a little bit um so Brad, a while back, played a game called The Invisible Hours, which is developed by Tequilaworks. Works. And I've said it before on the show, and I've only played like a couple of tequilaworks Works games, but that is like a diverse ass game developer. Every single game they make is completely different from the one they made before. And I think that's really commendable. I just want to say that real quick. Like I really, even though I haven't played everything they've done, I've played a handful. I've played, um, Rhyme, which was sort of like a journey type game. I've played some of the invisible hours now, and I played um that side-scrolling zombie shooter that you recommended. Is it Deadlight? Deadlight. Yeah. Um I've played those. Um I liked Rhyme. I did not like Deadlight. I like the Invisible Hours. But like everything they do is totally different from the last thing. So I think it's really cool that they're not like just making like a first person shooter over and over and over again. Because there's a lot of developers that do that. And I mean, hey, if they make a, a good type of one game, than power to them for, you know, staying in their lane or what have you. But I really respect Tequila Works for really kind of going – it seems like they're really going out of their comfort zone on pretty much everything they make. Um, but Brad started playing the Invisible Hours a while back, and like, have you talked about it on the show yet at all? I'm not sure that I even brought it up
1: on the show. I don't think that I did.
0: Okay, I don't think you have either, but um, – but long story short, like pretty much like three times a week, Brad will DM me on Twitter and be like, oh, I got farther in the Invisible Hours. You really need to make this a priority. You really need to play it. It's so good. I think you really like it. And it's been on my wish list for on Steam for, God, for a while, because I think you might have brought it up very... um, briefly on a show like a few months ago where you had just like tried it for a few minutes and then moved on to yeah, something else yeah, yeah. it's on that show where i played like
1: 25 games and i played <laughs> each one for like five minutes that was one of the ones and i had tagged it as being really cool i'm going to come back to it and i did so it was it was definitely one that caught my eye
0: yes and i because i remember i looked it up when you were talking about it then and i noticed that there was a vr version for it on pc and that's kind of i mean the game sounded interesting in and of itself but knowing that there's a vr um sort of like a facet to it made me even more interested because i have vr and i want to play things in vr um and i also didn't realize this but the game was developed for vr first and then they ported it to flat screens later which i thought was interesting because i thought it would be the other way around um but thanks to brad and his super sleuthing and his buttering up to developers and the writer of the game uh magically got me a code for the game so i have been playing it um Just to set the stage, which is kind of a pun intended, if you know what the game is about, um, The Invisible Hours is kind of like a murder mystery walking sim, kind of. Like, it basically, the story, you are following a guy who gets to um, Tesla, to Nikola Tesla's mansion, or his manor, or whatever. There's a guy, a detective named Gustav Gustav, which is hilarious, first of all, and they talk about it in the game, which makes it even more funny. And you get to the manor and it, whenever you get inside the door and you don't play as gustav you're basically just existing around the characters and you can move it's first person so you don't have like a form in the game you're basically just moving the camera around these people which sound, might sound lame but it's actually really cool because it's like it's like true interactive theater you know you can kind of watch this unfold and you're moving the camera around so you can decide. I mean, you don't even have to watch after Gustav if you don't want to. Like, but the beginning, he's the only character there, so it kind of makes sense too. And he gets to the manor, and as soon as they walk into the manor, um, Tesla's dead body is on the floor in the lobby of the manor, and so it it turns very quickly into this murder mystery thing. And because Gustav was a detective, he decides I want to interview everybody in the house, and it's a bunch of like famous people in the house, like um, Thomas Edison is there, and uh, is it Sandra Bernhardt? Is that her name?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Uh-huh. Um,
0: and she's like a French actress in the game. And there's um, like a woman who was outside who used to work with, with Tesla, but apparently she was like crying outside because he like fired her and wouldn't let her back in the house or something like that. And so you have like, it's kind of like Clue. Like you have like a perfect cast of characters and they're all interesting. They're all unique. They all have sort of like their own motives. And you have to uh, watch the game sort of being played and watch Gustav interviews people. And, and sort of like, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming at the end, they're going to figure out who it is, because I haven't gotten to the end yet. But it takes place over four chapters. And the cool thing is, because you can move the mm-hmm. camera freely, um, you, you want to play the chapters several times, because the first time, you'll follow Gustav and see what he does. And then the second time, you'll follow Edison and see what he does. And then the next time, you'll follow the actress and, sh- and see what she does. So you like, have to be really cognizant about playing the chapters over and over again, or you can also rewind and fast forward and pause the chapters in action. So you don't even have to necessarily replay them. You can just rewind them and then, um, you know, kind of pick up with somebody else and see where they go. And I've only, I've completed the first chapter. I followed everyone through the first chapter. I followed Gustav through the second chapter. So I'm probably like a quarter of the way through the game if I want to watch everybody do everything. Um, but it's like, it's really fascinating so far, um, just because, like, it's an honest to God murder mystery, because there's no suspect where you think, oh, of course, it's this person. And every time you follow someone around in the same chapter, they always do something like wild in the background or something kind of crazy. And it really like, you just want to know what's going on with everybody and figure out like what everybody's motives are and why they're there. And did they kill uh, Tesla or like, are they innocent? And it's really fascinating so far. I need to just sit down or not sit down and play it because i'm playing it in vr i need to just stand up and play more of it um but i i haven't finished it yet but i think in the next episode we're gonna like deep dive on this game probably in spoiler territory um so that's kind of the plan for next week uh brad i know you haven't talked about this game in a long time but do you have any like surface level thoughts or input you want to bounce off
1: um yeah i mean so first off i would strongly recommend um if anybody wants to join us on this play. It's a pretty quick game, um, relatively quick. I think you could probably do and see everything in about, oh, I don't know, three or four hours, depending if you go back and watch everything. So if anybody, if that sounds interesting to anybody, I would strongly recommend pick up this game, play it along with us, join us for the deep dive that we will probably do in the next episode uh, because I think it's so fascinating because it is basically like an interactive movie, but it's like it's like watching a movie that you are able to see any part of like these people will do the same things the script happens no matter what you do you can't affect things but what you see and in what order you see them and how you move around the house really can affect like your understanding of the story and it's really great to see this movie from like six different angles um <laughs> it's a very similar i forget did you play Tacoma or you didn't play Tacoma?
0: i did play Tacoma and i liked it a lot
1: okay so i think so this one has the same these these came out almost at exactly the same time I'm not saying one copied the other or whatever, but it was really <laughs> ironic that uh, the Invisible Hours came out first, but like Tacoma came out like really close after it, and so they both had this like rewind, fast forward mechanic, and they both are about stories that happen without you, but you observe them. They have a lot in common, um, and I like Tacoma a lot. I think uh, Invisible Hours is also awesome. They're both great, uh, but I love the Invisible Hours. It's so interesting uh so many moments that i thought were just really well done um the performances are excellent uh voice direction is excellent uh, the writing is excellent like it's so good all the way through um a few little complaints about it but i'm not going to talk about that now we'll save that for the deep dive i really want to talk about the story um there's some really interesting things that happen uh but i will not spoil anything now um i think you did a good job covering it and i will say nothing else uh except that i was in contact with the writer his name is rob yescomb i'm I'm sorry if i mispronounced Yescombe or yes yescom i don't know how to pronounce (laughs) your name rob xcom rob xcom (laughs) uh which is way better than uh rob space hall because he sucks uh but he was a really good guy i had a lot of interesting chats with him he hipped me to a couple of things that i did not find out on my own so that was really interesting and i'll share those things with you after you finish the game as well Uh, i love it i love the invisible hours i think it's really a fun cool interesting it is a game but it's not quite a game it's something else it's not a movie but it's kind of like a movie but it's not and you're in it but you're not really in it it's a real real interesting step forward for video games as a genre and for what we can do and i think that overall uh i loved it and i love the story too i thought it was just great and just uh, so many good things to talk about but i'm not gonna talk about it now so Corey, finish up the Invisible Hours. People listening, if you want to join us uh, for that, that would be great. I formally invite you to play the Invisible Hours before our next episode. There is enough time to play it if you get right on it, and uh, you will want to tune in for that. So uh, this is also kind of in response to people who wanted us to do a similar deep dive to what we did for Hitman. Uh, This is not going to be a four-hour chat, but I do think that's a great idea, and uh, once Corey and I are both done with this, uh, we're going to go into it and just really pick it apart. So hopefully that will recapture some of that same four hour hitman show <laughs> mojo that you like so much. So
0: there you go. Yes. This is like, so we have like Oprah's book club, but this is like the, so video games game club. Like you heard it first here. this is a new thing for us. This is what it's going to be. So there you go.
1: <laughs> so, all right. I'm looking at the clock, man. We better bail. Cause I got to get going. You want to bring all it right. home for us?
0: Yeah. Let's bring it home then. All right. We talked about a handful of games this week, uh, but it brings, this will bring us to a close for episode 107. Uh, remember, you can stick around after the ending music to hear tonight's banter. Uh, we talk about mostly about movies and TV shows. That's pretty much it, but it's a pretty quick banter segment. Um, if you don't want to listen to that, feel free to bail, and we will catch you next week for our next show. Uh, in the meantime, remember, you can get in contact with us in several ways. Uh, first way is by sending us an email. We are sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. You can also post comments for us on the Game Critics webpage when the show goes live there. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter. We are a collective show on Twitter, at Games. And last but not least, you can reach us individually on Twitter, which I say every week is probably the best way to get a hold of us, but to each their own. Um, Brad, would you like to give out your Twitter and Instagram handles? I would, but before
1: I do that, it suddenly... Strikes me that we have not been saying the name of the games after we're done talking about them, and we we said that we were going to do that, and I feel bad because I keep forgetting. (laughs) So before I get to my handle, let's just really quickly recap. We talked about Gorogoa. We talked about Space Hulk Tactics. We talked about Hitman 2's Ghost Mode. We talked about Toki, and we just uh, wrapped talking about The Invisible Hours, and I apologize that we keep forgetting that. I'm trying to start the habit. It's tough. Please forgive us. We're going to (laughs) keep trying, so... Yes, uh, my social media handles on Twitter and Instagram, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. Corey, where can they find you?
0: Uh, My handles are also my first and last name. That would be Corey Motley, C-O-R-E-Y-M-O-T-L-E-Y. Brad, do you have anything else before we sign off? No, that is it, but thanks for listening. And I am so looking forward to talking
1: about the Invisible Hours next week. I am so (laughs) psyched. I am very, very excited, so can't wait.
0: Good, I'm excited too. I just need to play the rest of it and then we'll be all set. But uh, looking forward to that next week. Uh, But until then, that's the end of So Video Games episode 107. We'll see you next week for another episode. But until then, this is bye from Corey. And bye from Brad. See you next time.
1: talk about stuff real quick um you want to go first you want to go first you had some stuff left over from last week you want to wrap up what you had last week
0: um sure i guess so i just want to talk about um a couple of tv shows from last week uh i'm not really particularly watching either of them so this is going to be kind of a weird story but i i want to talk about tv
1: shows that you're not watching i want to talk about tv
0: shows that patrick is watching that i'm sometimes around during this is the most so video games chat ever. Let's talk about <laughs> stuff that we are not doing right now. Yes, <laughs> yes. Please tell. Please tell. Uh, and like Patrick is sitting in the living room right now, so he's probably going to hear me talk about this and then come in and just punch me. So if I just go <laughs> off air all of a sudden, just assume that he has overtaken the room and killed me. Um. So I remember several weeks ago you were talking about Sabrina on Netflix, and that's not what oh. I want to talk about, but um. You had mentioned, because we <laughs> haven't watched it. He hasn't watched it. I haven't watched it, so I can't say if it's good or bad. Um, but he loves Sabrina. How has he not watched it yet? I Because he's too busy watching Riverdale, which is apparently what Sabrina came from, which you had talked about uh, during your Sabrina segment a while back.
1: The same writer has revitalized the entire Archie universe. He's like uh, this guy who was a super fan, and actually Archie had sent him a couple cease and desist letters because they thought he was crazy. And then he kept being persistent, and he kept pitching them and, pitching them and pitching them and pitching them. And then they're finally like, all right, cool, do it. And then, boom,
0: wild success. Uh, success? Um, I know the show is successful, but it is terrible. Patrick's been on I mean, Riverdale. I, I, <laughs> oh well, okay,
1: so I, I don't know if you call it success, but I mean, from his perspective of being obsessive superfan... Like, that's, like, the dream come true of, like, I'm going to pitch this thing because I love it so much, and he actually got to make, like, at least two separate shows, and, I mean, I have not watched Riverdale, um, and I think Sabrina's okay, but, I mean, that's, I mean, to be, like, a dude off the internet making shows with a thing that you love, that's huge success, I think, for him, anyway.
0: Yeah, I think that is successful for him. I mean, definitely, because, I mean, yeah, he, I guess... He's like a, a um, I don't know, like a nagging boyfriend who just won't say no, and then finally someone gives <laughs> oh, God in. God. Like, that's how I feel about this. So, okay. So the show, I would consider the show <clears throat> successful because I hear people talking about it, and I see tweets about yeah, people yeah. liking it and everything. So, I mean, it's not like it's an unsuccessful show, but it's possible to be successful and be bad at the same time. And that totally. is what 100%. the show is. Yes. So, I like, I don't even know how to begin describing this. And I've only, I watched, like, I think, most of the first episode with patrick but i wasn't like i was just kind of sitting there while he was watching it and he watches it a lot so i'm just kind of like in and around sometimes whenever he's watching it but basically um and i'm not that familiar with the archie comics so you can like fill in the gaps after i'm tr- done trying to give my synopsis but the show it's basically like a high school kind of soap opera to be honest it's like a bunch of really beautiful people who are pretend like they're really sad all the time and someone like <laughs> got murdered in their high school and I think like the main character ha- is like having an affair with his music teacher or something and it's it's just like all it's like oh my god I, I can't even I can't it's like all these really beautiful people and it's like really melodramatic and really like oh we're like sad and we're also like started it's kind of like if mean girls the movie and i love mean girls i think it's a classic if it were like really really sad like somewhere between like mean girls and heathers like this is kind of where riverdale sits and it's not like self-aware enough to be like heathers where it's like kind of funny even though it's dark and silly and it's not a comedy like mean girls it's just this weird like all these like gorgeous people like being like, Oh, I'm so sad. And Oh, we're going to be serious about everything. And like nobody in high school actually acts the way that, that they do in the show. And it's just like, and like the camera work in the show, like the lighting is often very like theatrical and they use like really shallow depth of field and their lenses all the time where it's like one, like little thing will be in focus and then everything behind it is blown out. And it's just like overdone. And I like, it's just so, it's so cheesy, like cheesy. I don't know if I've said that yet, but that's the word. It's like so cheesy and it's so melodramatic and it's so like, oh, we're all beautiful and we wear cool makeup, but oh, we're so sad and somebody and people are bullying us. And I don't know. It's just like, I can't get on board with this. It's so cheesy and I don't know why Patrick keeps watching it. Interesting.
1: I have not seen it. I had heard about it and I've heard a lot of people not in my circle, but other people that I know say that they like it and it got really popular. Um, I haven't watched it. I probably won't watch it. Uh, but, I, you know, we are kind of making our way through Sabrina slowly. We're about halfway through the season, and it's it's okay. It's interesting. It's definitely a new take. And I forgot to mention also that this guy, I believe his name is uh, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa. I think that's Ooh. his name. Um, Not only did he find success with the Sabrina revamp show and Riverdale show, I forgot, I forgot to mention the most important part. He was brought on as like the guy who revamped actual Archie comics themselves. Like he is currently the guy who is making all the money for Archie comics because he came aboard. He took the classic Archie, which is still available. You can still buy it like in grocery stores right before you check out. And it's still around um, in classic form, but he implemented a whole bunch of new comics. There's like a darker Sabrina comic, There is um, Zombies Come to Riverdale, which is, like, really dark. My son has read some of those. (laughs) Um, There's, like, all sorts of, like, um, new angles that have been applied to Archie. So this guy, I I totally can't believe I even forgot, but, yeah, he, he started off by utterly revamping Archie comics themselves. Sales went through the roof, and then he parlayed that into these shows. So think about being, you know, super fan, obsessive dude who runs an Archie fan page on the net and then going to... I'm basically the driver and showrunner of all things Archie right now, which is pretty crazy. So um, maybe not all up my alley. And, uh, you know, I'm only halfway sold on Sabrina. But, I mean, cool for that guy.
0: But, yeah, I mean, you should ask Patrick what he likes about it. Did you ever ask him? Uh, I think – I don't know. I think he just <clears throat> likes, like, good-looking people. I don't know. Like, I <laughs> – What a weirdo. I don't Who know. Who likes looking at sexy people? That's well, weird. Because I had been, like, tweeting about it a little bit and he was like oh well Archie like takes his shirt off a lot and I was like well you can just like <laughs> google him and like not have to sit through like how awful the show is but I don't know he also is not like uh like I I don't know this is gonna make me sound like an asshole but like he like uh I don't know how to say this without sounding like a jerk so I'm just gonna say it but like what, like if i'm gonna watch a tv show it has to be something that i'm like really in love with and he doesn't necessarily have that attitude i don't think like it can just be like fine and he'll continue to watch it and but i don't really like have the i don't prioritize my time to be able to watch just like okay tv like i have to it has to be like really great or really like something i'm really into to watch it um but does he, he have a lot of downtime
1: though like does he have like a bunch of free time
0: yeah, I mean, like, when he's off work, he basically will just be, like, watching TV mm-hmm. or playing, like, Overwatch. Or he actually started playing Hitman a little bit, which is kind of exciting. Hitman 2. And, um, and, I mean, that's basically it. He plays a lot of Overwatch um, or just, like, watches TV. But he, I don't know, he kind of, like, watches TV but will be, like, on his phone the whole time. So he doesn't really, like,
1: give right, the show right. his
0: entire undivided attention. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, I think.
1: Well, everybody everybody gets their groove on in different ways, and if that uh that floats as boat, then I guess there you go.
0: Yeah, he also started watching The Good Place with Kristen Bell. Have you uh, heard of this? Oh yeah. Yeah, Gina loves it and um
1: I it's one of those shows where okay, so like what happens with us is like we'll look at shows and she'll be like, Oh, what about this? Do you have any interest in watching this? If so, I'll wait and watch it with you or if you don't care, I'll just watch it myself. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, God, no, go ahead. That looks like crap. I'm not going to waste my time. Because I know I know how limited time I have, right? Because so, like, I don't want to hold her back from watching shows because I have, I just don't have time to watch TV, like barely ever, right? So if we watch two episodes of Sabrina in a week, that's like a big week for us because we got so much TV time in. So I'm like, no, go ahead, go ahead. But like, you know, I'll be in the room walking by or I'll be doing something and I watch it. And I'm like, ah, oh, show looks like garbage. Like, I just don't, I just have no interest in watching it. And I know that people have said it got really good and that it was really actually really funny. I do like Kristen Bell. That's her name, right? Yeah. I do like Kristen Bell. I do like Ted Danson. Um, But I just had no interest whatsoever. And to be honest, I was actually surprised
0: it got renewed and then it
1: got popular because I thought it looked like garbage. But what was – where were you going with this?
0: Yeah, I basically don't really like it either. I mean, it's – it's, uh, I mean, I guess to sum it up, the show is about Kristen Bell. She dies and basically in the first episode in the pilot, she like wakes up in what they call the good place. And it's supposed to be sort of like heaven, but it's like a place where after you die, it's an afterlife where you basically live in a neighborhood and everything is kind of bright and sunshiny. And and you were supposed to, like, one of the big hooks of the show is that you're supposed to meet your soulmate whenever you go there. And then you basically live with your soulmate and kind of live happily ever after in the good place while you're there. And it turns out that later on, um, hopefully this isn't a spoiler, but I don't really know if it is or not. So if you haven't watched The Good Place and you're absolutely like dying to see it, I think it I think this um, is a it is a big spoiler if you haven't seen the show. <laughs> um, so yeah, turn this off right now if you don't want to. Uh, yeah, don't listen. be spoiled because this is the big <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> but it turns out that it's not actually the Good Place. It's like the Bad Place. But the Ted Danson, who's kind of like he's kind of like the architect in the Matrix, where he like creates this world. He's like making a different version of the bad place that's sort of like passive aggressive rather than, you know, being like hellfires and torture of the bad place. And so um, and like I like Kristen Bell a lot, too. I think she's great. She's just like really fun and she's really like good hearted. And the thing that I think is weird is that in the show, like in the first or second episode, she basically comes out and reveals to her who the guy who's supposed to be her soulmate like, hey, um, I- I'm not supposed to be here. I think they got me mixed up with another Eleanor. That's her name on the show. And they, like, try to show all these vignettes of, like, her being a bad person, but I just don't buy it because Kristen Bell is so adorable and so cute and so, like, she seems so, like, upstanding (laughs) that I can't, like, I don't, I can't get my head behind her being, like, such a bad person that she deserved to go to hell because they show, like, a few clips and one of them is, like, oh, she has, like, a coffee cup and she doesn't throw it in the recycle bin and a guy, like, asks her to and she, like, says something mean to him and I'm, like, okay, do you really go to hell for that? And then, like, and another one, she's like out with a bunch of her friends at a bar, and she like lies about wanting to be the DD, and so she can drink more. And I'm like, okay, like yeah, that's kind of rude, but like, is that like hell worthy? And she seems like upstanding in the show, and so I have like a really hard time getting behind the idea of her being like this awful person. But um I don't know, everything in the show just kind of seems really contrived. Like I watched the first episode with Patrick, and then. Like, he continued to watch it while I was doing other things yesterday. And, like, I went to the skate park yesterday and shot for a while. And I came back. And he was, like, already on season two, episode two. And I was, like, first of all, Jesus, like, that was fast. What else did you do? And second of all, like, the episode they were on, I it seemed like no – Like, it, it basically seemed like it could have been, like, two or three episodes after the one like, I Like, nothing had, had changed. Yeah. yeah. Totally, so, like, it, it, everything that happens in the show just seems really kind of, like, contrived and dumb to me. Like – there's an episode where a bunch of trash gets rained all over the city and then they have to pick it up and like kind of do this like trash removal thing but like earlier in the show they talk about because it's the good place they can basically make anything appear on a whim so like why can't they make the trash disappear on a whim like it's just one of those shows and i know that like i shouldn't be thinking this hard about like this silly 20 minute you know kind of comedy tv show but it's like this is the way my brain works like if little things like that just don't add up to me I like lose interest pretty quickly and I know that's not the takeaway here but like if they make a deal about like oh well if you want a mansion as a house we should just snap our fingers and you have a mansion but like there's some trash on the ground and they can't just like make it disappear I I I don't know I can't get behind it um but I don't know it's weird because it's one of those shows that so many people rave about that I just had thought like oh yeah of course Kristen Bell's in it, it's probably amazing. I just haven't sat down to watch it. And then I sit down to watch it and I'm like, wow, this is what everyone's raving about? Well, I mean, to be fair, McDonald's has sold 42 million fish
1: filet sandwiches, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's a good f- piece of food. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people like it. Gina really likes it. A lot of my friends really like it. I've watched it. And I mean, I, I can't say that I've sat down and really tried to get into it because I just bounce right off of what it looks like. And every time I walk through the room, it's kind of like you said, like, any episode could be any other episode and it's just kind of like whatever. So, I mean, definitely not my thing. I, I don't care, but yeah, it's, it's definitely got its following. So, um, I have seen a couple things that I would like to share if it is, if it is uh, acceptable to you, sir. Please, please do. Please share. Um, I had a couple more things, but I think in the interest of time, I will save some for next week, but I'll tell you the two, the biggest ones. So, uh, we just watched The Meg. Have you seen that? It's like the big shark movie. Oh, I uh, haven't,
0: but I know what it is. <clears throat> Jason Statham, shark movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, excuse me. I am like dying. I, there must be some <laughs> pollen or something in the air. I mean, it's not the right season for pollen. Maybe it's mold or I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, I'm dying over here. So I, I'm sorry to keep clearing my throat. Apologies to everybody. I just I'm cannot, cannot breathe here. So um. anyway, if I, if I fall down and go quiet, then you know that I'm dead on the floor. So oh, no. we have a mutual death watch on the show today. Um the Meg, it is sure a show about a shark. That is totally what happens. They do a very good job in the trailers of telling you what's going to happen in that show,
0: and that is literally what happens and it that's it. So <laughs> I was prepared Jason, for you to be like, "Actually, it's this other thing <clears throat> going on and there just happens to be a shark there."
1: No, it is straight up about Oh my god, sorry. Hold on a second. <clears throat> oh, apologies everybody. God, I cannot breathe. Um I need some asthma inhaler or some shit um no i mean it, it's fine it is totally fine i had heard that it was not as scary as the trailers made it look and so i'm like oh okay well maybe this is in sharknado territory because my son likes scary movies but not too scary and suspenseful but not too suspenseful uh bloody but not too bloody and it's hard to find horror movies that fit in that mid-range category but people had told me that it was really not that scary and it's kind of goofy and like oh okay that sounds like our jam so i took a risk after having a couple like hardcore dad fails in the past about picking movies that were super not appropriate um and running for the remote and turning them off uh but this one was fine it was so totally fine if you if you have a kid who likes shark movies this is totally a shark movie just you know big shark shows up they get scared people die uh, you know it's good it's fine it's it's, nothing to say it is a shark movie (laughs) jason statham does a good job he's Um, I didn't start out liking him too much, but I think he's kind of growing on me as kind of like a, I don't know, kind of like an adorable meathead sort of a dude. Um, I think I tried to go back and watch some of his earlier movies. We watched the trailers and they seemed like really like edgy and extreme and maybe a little bit much for the time that we were wanting to watch. So we didn't watch like, he's on, um, like the transporter and there was another one like that where he had like shocked himself with electricity or something. And there's a couple of those movies. We haven't watched any of those yet. Maybe I will at some point, but he's definitely mellowed out from those days. He's pretty, he's shooting to be like the rock part Two, where he's like a big buff guy, but he's also like a softy, and he can do comedy. Um, Did you see him in Spy by any chance? I did not. Oh my God. Spy is so fucking funny with (laughs) Melissa McCarthy and uh, Jason Statham in that. It is so funny. Um, Melissa McCarthy is great, but Jason Statham, steals the show in that movie. Like I think he's fantastic in that movie. Um, so he's doing a good job of rockifying himself. But other than that, it was a shark movie. That's exactly what it was. But the movie I really want to talk about is Upgrade. And I know I pinged you about this on Twitter, Corey. Um, Upgrade is a sci-fi slash... I don't want to say it's horror, but maybe like a dark sci-fi. It came out this year. It is from the same people who made the purge and you know i think blumhouse is i think their studio they've made a bunch of like um, really really successful and gross horror movies lately they're a real up-and-comer in the horror scene um and so this was one of their films i cannot tell you who directed it and actually one of the things that was cool about this movie was basically everybody in it was like an unknown so i really it was really cool to not see like star power or it was just like people who were like good actors getting a role and i didn't have any connotations associated with them so i was able to just approach it as just you know at face value like you know you didn't have to think about brad pitt showing up and then all the other roles you've seen him in doing (laughs) this brad pitt performance or whatever it was just like these people so that's cool i like i like watching movies with people who are brand new and also you know it gives more actors a chance to shine but basically the gist of this movie is it's in the future um I don't know that it's, like, super far in the future. Like, we're not quite to, like, Blade Runner times, but it's <laughs> it's it's approaching that, sort of. Um, the, la- the country is kind of a weird mix of, like, people are still really poor. Uh, unemployment is still a problem. But there's also, like, high tech. It's kind of like a world where, like, everybody can afford a really cool iPhone, but their house is a shithole and they have a shitty car. So that's kind of the world that's at where, like, not everybody is rich, but everybody can afford, like, one or two cool pieces of technology. Um, hmm. So it's kind of a weird So it's like 20,
0: 2018, then, right It's now. basically like 2018, <laughs> yes.
1: It's 2018 plus, um, which is actually what I liked about it, too. So what happens is, um, there's a guy who uh, is kind of a little bit anti-technology, and he um, he works on cars. And so, like, like, you know, Camaros and Mustangs. And so he's, like, basically restoring antiques, is kind of what he does. And so he sells one... Uh, to this guy who ends up being kind of like the Steve Jobs of this world. Um, he's kind of weirdo. But what happens is after he, he meets this guy and makes this connection, um, he gets like mugged and attacked, and uh, his wife gets killed, and he gets uh, shot, and he turns into a quadriplegic. So he's this guy who's like a real salt-of-the-earth kind of dude, doesn't like technology, works with his hands, doesn't believe in... 3D printing a pizza. He'd much rather make a pizza, if that kind of tells you about the kind of guy he is. But the Steve Jobs guy is like, dude, you're a quadriplegic blows. But I actually have this chip, which is a really cool thing I'm working on, but it's experimental. The FDA won't let me do anything with it. But if you keep it hush-hush, I'll implant it in your neck, and it will control your body, and then you will be able to walk again. Problem solved. And so he's like, at first he's against it, of course. He takes the chip, and it's really interesting because... This chip bridges the gap that was left in his spine. And so he thinks these thoughts. It goes to the chip. And then the chip relays those thoughts to his actual physical body. But after a while, the chip becomes um, sentient. And so it starts talking to him. And then they kind of go on these like, like, like stuff happens, like hijinks happen. I'm not going to give away the story and everything that happens, but it's really cool. And the thing that I really liked about it and that was interesting was the story was very strong. You think it was going to go a certain way. It didn't go that way. And then it kind of had a couple surprises that I didn't see coming. And I thought the story was really, really good. I like the portrayal of this dystopian future where everybody's got an iPhone and nothing else. But the thing that was really cool was at certain points, he gets into these fights with um, gang members and, you know, whatever, criminals and stuff. And he's not really a fighter. And so what happens is the chip will be like, you know, may I take over your body? And if he gives permission to the chip, then the chip will will, will, will like auto fight for him. And he starts doing, like, all these crazy fucking moves. Like, he moves kind of like a robot. And the guy that did this role, I think, did a really great job. So he kind of moves, like, mechanically. But then when he's fighting, it's, like, super fast because the chip is pushing his body beyond, like, normal human limits. And he's also, at the same time, like, combat strategizing to, like, optimal moves. You know, what is the enemy going to do? I'm going to counter that right away. going to grab any available weapon. And, like, so, like, his fighting skill goes, like, through the roof because he's got this combat chip, which is, like, working overtime to keep him alive. It's fucking cool, dude. Like, it looks cool. (laughs) The visual style is really cool. It's funny. Um, The movie is billed as being hyper-violent. I didn't think it was hyper-violent. I thought it was violent. I didn't think it was hyper-violent. But maybe that says more about me than the movie. And um, (laughs) it was good. It was really, really good. I thought it was one of the best sci-fi movies I've seen this year. I loved it. Love the story. Love the action. Love the idea. I thought it was just great all the way around. I'm a big fan of this movie.
0: Yeah, it's one of those movies that like as soon as it came out the the shitty thing was it came to theaters in new orleans but it's one of those movies that was in theaters for like one week and then gone because totally like nobody saw it but everyone that did see it like i heard nothing but good things about it and it's one of those movies that i always meant to see and that i probably will see at some point um i just haven't gotten around to it and i've seen it on um the shelf at target pretty much like every time i go in target i see the blu-ray on the shelf and i think you know, maybe I should just buy it, but it's like $25 or something. And I'm like, you know, I'm not sure if I want to spend that much on a movie having not seen it before. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Um, but it's definitely been on my list and I've seen like the first trailer that I saw for it is one where um it basically is like one of the kitchen fight scenes where he's like fighting oh, this yeah. dude and yeah. like breaks a bunch of plates over his face. And like, it was really impressive. And the guy who uh, plays the main character, i refer to him as off-brand tom hardy because he was in um he was in that ridley scott movie the prequel to alien that i can't remember the name of right now that had like prometheus yeah he was like the lead guy not except i mean michael fassbender was really the lead guy but he was like the other lead guy in prometheus so i remember that's
1: why i had no idea who that guy was yeah
0: don't see it because it's awful but um (laughs) it uh it's like he i remember when it came out at the time a lot of people were like is that tom hardy is that tom hardy because he looks a lot like him at least in that role he did and so when this kind of came back around i hadn't seen him in anything else until this i saw previews for upgrade and i was like oh off-brand tom hardy is back at it again which is kind of funny because this movie has a very similar um Like storyline to Venom, which Tom Hardy just played in. But in Venom, it's like the the symbiote that starts taking over his body. But in Upgrade, it's the chip that takes over his body. And I feel like Upgrade is probably the better movie here, even though it has less star power. I guarantee you, Upgrade is the better movie. I haven't seen Venom, but I've
1: seen (laughs) enough of Venom to know that Upgrade is definitely the better movie. Um, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was great, dude. I thought everything about it was perfect. I thought it was really, really enjoyable. I would strongly recommend that you see this. Um, don't buy it. I mean, don't buy it for 25 bucks. I mean, <laughs> we downloaded it for four ninety is a good price to see this movie at and rent it that way and just check it out. I, I loved it. I thought it was so good. If you want a dark sci-fi, boom, uh, chef's kiss. This movie nails it. So, <laughs> that is all I have to say. We should probably um, get rolling unless you have anything pressing. We are on a little bit of a time schedule. Any last things, or should we should we push ahead with the show?
0: Um, we can totally push ahead with the show, but I do think it's funny that Thanksgiving just happened and neither of us talked about Thanksgiving at all in banter. I mean, I had turkey. Did you have turkey or what? <laughs> uh, we went the ham route because we prefer ham over turkey, so we did that.
1: There we go, folks. I had turkey. Corey had ham. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, and oh, on with the show.